I am unashamed. What about you? All right, so, obvious. so I noticed that this morning that because you last week we were doing a podcast and you informed us that you had not bathed in days, revolting, if not weeks. But you came in today, I noticed your hair was kind of wet. So does that mean you finally took the plunge or what? I, I didn't listen to the health authorities as I should because when they talked about washing your hands and personal hygiene, I just woke up this morning and looked around. I said, when's the last time I washed my head, you know, as in wash your hair? And I thought, good night. It had been a couple of weeks. So I said, a couple of weeks. <laughs> so I go in there and turn the, turn the faucet on, stick my head up on it, get me some of that high-dollar shampoo, and I actually wash my hair. <laughs> As the women say. Only so, Phil, as the women say. Only Phil would refer to shampoo as high dollar. dollar. Well, my personal hygiene, I'm going to tell you, since the pandemic come along, my personal hygiene has dropped dramatically. Well, I'm glad you've uh, surrendered to their advice. That made me think of our grandpa. Remember, that there was so much iron in the water that every time he would wash his hair, it would go from silver to blonde. Yeah, remember that with kind of an orange tint. Yeah, and I because thought, there was some, yeah, iron and no, sulfur. Are you, what are, are you defeating the purpose? <laughs> if you know. change hair colors no, because but, of the iron in the water, but he was trust me, Paul was smoking five packs of cigarettes a day. He needed to wash a little more frequently. Well, that yeah, Phil, we glad the combination of bo and cigarette smoke is not not good. As as someone who is concerned about germs, somewhat. I appreciate you. Yeah, me too. Well, we're all on board. And look, just for so people don't they don't. I see actually me. didn't just didn't think about washing my hair because you weren't going anywhere. Oh, the only people well, I've seen in the last month are you two, and no name sitting over on the computer, and and Dan, <laughs> you say, and and Miss Kay. So I'm down to about four or five people I've seen in the last month. And so, he means no name affectionately because. <laughs> All these guys kind of look the same, and they're of the same age, and Phil can't keep up with them, so, he's so he, just, he just calls them all no names. Yeah, which is funny. And but look, Dad, and what's I re- funny about it is they answer you. Oh yeah, in well, a loving way. They'll be that. So I was Jay just discovered. You saw that when Terry Bradshaw was on Larry King a few years ago. Did you watch that interview? Did somebody show it to you? I don't think I had to show it to you. So on there, it was just interesting, and Jay pointed this out. I'd seen it before. Jed never seen it. And they were talking about you. So Larry King was saying, this is back when the show was on. He was like, do you think the Duck Dynasty guy could have really played in the NFL? That was his question to Terry Bradshaw. Of course, they talk about you. But he reveals in that interview that you were the one that nicknamed him the Blonde Bomber yep. in college. And what struck Jay and I was is that, you know, we've always known Dad nicknames people, mostly because we think he just doesn't want to know their name. Well, and he is offended Thousands. Oh, of course. You know. Because he says, he states the obvious, but especially when you get into the female world, yeah, you don't call a female thunder legs, thunder or, legs or you know, husky <laughs> or which I know chubby. Phil, I know you and I know you don't mean anything by it, but for the rest of the population, they find that offensive. So I've tried to help you with that because I'm designated as the representative of the family. Their names, I do that because their names, I don't yeah. remember their names. But I did find it interesting that you've been doing that since college because yeah, you actually yeah, called Bradshaw the blind bomber. So that's pretty interesting. All right, look, so look, so Jace, you had your um, call in with, uh, with with Jeremy Camp last week, and I thought that went so well. I enjoyed that so much. I decided today, I hadn't told you guys, this is a complete surprise. This is a podcast unashamed surprise for our audience that I, I've got someone that I want to call to be on the show for. Oh while. boy. And so, and it's a, it's, it's a close person, but they've never been on our show before. So let me see if I can get him on the phone. This will be I a generally as a general rule. I don't like surprises. Is there a drum roll? All right. Oh, well, here we go. We're ringing. Willie answers the question. I'm, we're going to put it under that mic. Hello? Oh, hang on. Well, my first impression was mountain man. All right, so so uh, you're a mystery person right now. Jason, Dad, do not know about this call. I know now because I oh, see you're his, looking on my oh, I see cheated. his name on the phone. I thought you were Mountain Man, which is disturbing. 
Mountain dog. <laughs> mountain. So you know who it is yet, Dad? Nope. Dad still can't figure it out. Can you say something uh, that only Dad would recognize who this person is? Mm. Nope, you're still on mountain, man. We've gone through that. <laughs> All right, here, let me give Dad. Here you go. I got it. I got it. So I'll give Dad a hint. The person on the phone, is you saw him being born. Well, that narrowed it down. Jephthah Robin. <laughs> it's your own son. I like Jeff that it Jeff, took about... is that you, son? I don't know if That's this... Me. This went from warm and fuzzy to disturbing. We noticed that when there he was, was born... When, when he was born, we looked at his hands, oh and his little finger on one hand was about just a little stub there. And I said, boy, that gene pool is dropping off in a hurry. So the so the mutations had caught up with old Jeppico. Jeff, I didn't know. Is there one of your digits or is not the same as the others? It is a little bit shorter. I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a nub, but it is a little bit shorter. I've never noticed that and he showed it to me, and I thought, hmm. Well, he didn't have to show it to you. You, you saw it. I just thought he was the last one, so he was a little bit shortchanged, if you understand what I'm saying. I really don't. Uh, I, I thought we were all made in the image of God. Too. By the way, Jep is in a terrific work helping orphans. Well, we, yeah, and we want to talk about that. Uh, Jep, so just to let the audience know, so Jep is our youngest brother, which most of you probably know that, but some of you may not. And uh, Jep is, uh, let's see, Jep, are you 41? Yep. You're 41. 40, 41. I'm 55, so I'm the oldest to youngest. He's the second best looking brother. Yeah, behind right me. On, That's true. Me. He's a looker. Yeah. he's, uh, And I think Jep has a lot of dad's qualities, especially when dad was younger. You see a lot of that with the because of the dark hair. He had the darkest hair of all of us. Uh, no and Jep, I mean, look, you got to, you, you know, what are you, the United Nations? Uh, how many kids do you have now? Uh, yeah. You got half, five children. Five children. <laughs> <laughs> and the other morning, Kay answered the phone, and it was Gus, Jep. And Gus said, mm-hmm. Mama, how you doing? She said, Gus, is that you? How old is Gus, Jep? Four years old. Which is Jeff's adopted uh, child. You got four by, what 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 would you call it? Biological. Biological. Biological Thank you, Jeff. Because there's no telling what was fixing to come out now. Acquired. (laughs) Yep. And then then you adopted Gus. And and Gus, he's four years old. How how big is he, Jeff? He is large. He's 100 percentile in height and weight. So he wears six to seven year old clothing oh my god uh, and he weighs like 50 something pounds so we so for whatever reason even though dad had potentially a uh, nfl arm none of us had any potential professional sports qualities so jeb you may have adopted into our family a potential uh well speak for yourself i just didn't pursue that i mean at least i had the anatomy because y'all got too much anatomy. of hay well i mean i was what were you going to be taller I could a been, pro bowler. I could. I could have done that. <laughs> I pursued that for a couple months. <laughs> Who didn't? Uh, and Willie did too. Baseball, so Jeff has football. it in Austin, Texas. Yeah, Jeff moved to Austin two years ago. I did. It's good. You know, we're 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 surviving. I guess during this time, but uh, yeah. Well, so, I wanted I wanted to jump in, Jeff. Uh, I taught you a skill, or I introduced you to a skill, and I know it's perfect. I've tried to convince Phil and Al of this, but it's not working. One of the best things you can do during this pandemic is metal detect, and I introduced you to that. So I'd like to know how that's going along. Did y'all know that that you know <laughs> Jeff actually told me that he and River had gotten into that. I didn't know it was through your influence, but yeah. I should have. Yeah, how's that going, Jeff? Yeah, we've definitely been doing it. It's been great. Um, I have found some cool stuff. I just had my best find. I found a button from a jacket from World War One. Thank you. That's pretty Mm, cool. That was pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah, you sent me a picture of that. It was awesome. I mean, as a, I needed somebody because it's. This is better when you can kind of share your finds with someone who understands the pain of metal detecting because it can be. Tough, so, know. Jeff, when you were at the orphan's home and uh, where was it, Ethiopia, have you heard any reports about the coronavirus spreading out in places in yeah. Africa? 
for sure. You know, they had that locust thing come through there, which was horrible. I don't. I guess y'all saw that deal. Oh it yeah. Was like no, I haven't. Jace hasn't. He doesn't watch. Explain the that to me. No, just like this horde of like millions, billions, trillions of of locusts came through, ate all their crops, and like you couldn't drive down the street. Like swept all the way through, like through Africa. It was terrible. So they had that in the corona. So yeah, it's it's been pretty tough. So Jeff, tell tell the audience, <clears throat> kind of back up and tell about what you're doing, um, the group you're with, and that sort of thing. It's really interesting. Mom and uh, Lisa and I went over to uh, Jeff hosted a fundraiser for what he's doing now, and it was really interesting, and I, I thought really fascinating. So tell tell our audience about it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I went to their gala a year ago, which you came to a couple months ago, but um, and I just last minute thing with a buddy and i just love what they're doing and they're, it's called all god's children international and um we do orphan care and international adoption kind of all over the world and uh i just kind of fell in love with what they're doing and uh the the people involved and was like i gotta be a part of this so so i now i'm a advancement officer uh for all god's children and love it that sounds official advancement officer we're proud of you bud and look and i have to say the jeff was in charge basically he and another guy of the of the gala that we were at you know it's in austin texas it's kind of a swanky place you know and it's about like you know tebow's plus we've all donated to it to help in the office sure because look i mean the bible says there you get no closer to god there's no better picture of what it means to be a believer in the Almighty than when you take care of widows and orphans. James one. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, Jet, what you're doing is exactly what God called us to do, and you're and you're making it happen. For sure. I never thought this would some be something I I w- would do. And I mean, I got to give credit to mom and dad for always showing me that. And I remember being a little kid, and and mom would give me you know five ten bucks, and I'd go find some of the the widowed ladies at church and, and give them, you know, some money. And they were just so appreciative. And I just, you know, grew up knowing the power of that. And yeah, exactly that. Like that's, that's really what being a Christian is about. It's helping the helpless. That is true. I mean, look, that's one of my memories as a kid. I mean, we didn't have any money. Y'all didn't either, but we've always, y'all always set that example of helping widowed ladies. Well, and it didn't have to be money. A lot of times it was fish or oh, you know, yeah. stuff we oh, killed yeah. or, you know, whatever. So Jeff, uh, talk about that a little bit more. Cause I, we've talked about it a lot on the podcast and obviously Jason and I being on the older end of our family, we have more we have still have memories of dad pre-christian especially me and then saw the transformation but in your case you grew up totally in a in a christian home when mom and dad's lives have both been totally changed so what was your perspective on on growing up out here on the river and just you know kind of you, you mentioned already some of the stuff you learned but what how would you characterize it? Because we've kind of given a different picture of dad before and after, but what what about just dad and mom after? Uh, it's definitely different, I think, than most people uh, grew up as far as just, you know, I just remember being a kid, too, and, you know, running the boat motor, and we're going out, and dad's running the nets, and, uh, you know, you know, working working as a kid and putting, you know, dipping the calls. and yep. uh, But as far as, like... You know, just family. I, I remember as a kid just watching Dad study the Bible with just hundreds and hundreds of people and just, like, I don't think this is normal, but it's really cool. Um, <laughs> and walking down the river and baptizing people, it's just, uh, I mean, it's a, definitely a different way to grow up, but amazing. And, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, and you had a lot of times, I'm sure, I remember, because I was living next door when you were a little boy, but... Um, Lisa and I were married, but I remember so many times when there'd be, I'd meet somebody over there that had come down the night before there'd be some wet clothes out on the front porch. And, you know, like they weren't there when I left there the day before. And then there's a person there that was like, had been baptized. So that was kind of a normal. So Jeff, you have a house full of girls now. So how does that how, when you wake up in the morning? Well, there's two boys, yeah. right? Yeah. Two boys. yeah, and you and you have these little girls running around. How old are the, how old are you your girls now? Oh, they're at that seventeen, age. fifteen, and thirteen. Whoa! Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, two uh, got boyfriends. I'm I'm doing that with air quotes. Whoo! Uh, oh yeah. boy! 
but they're they're good girls. I mean, everybody warns like, oh man, you just wait till they get a certain age. But I I haven't seen a problem. They they're great, and you know, I don't know. Well, you got you and Jessica have done a great job. I mean, your, your kids are I awesome. Agree. I love them, and I mean that's part of the whole thing about growing with them. But yeah, it is an interesting time you're about to get into. There's a lot of drama with you know girls. <laughs> well, when you say seventeen, fifteen, and thirteen, you realize that time is passing by it quickly. goes by quickly yeah. so have you interviewed the boyfriends yet you know the <laughs> oldest lily's this boy it was kind of a strange call but he called me and said hey mr robertson is there any way i could get coffee with you and this was I, I didn't know who this kid was Ooh. and i said sure and so i went with him the next morning and he's he just kind of sat down he's kind of nervous like tell and he's like i just want to know if if i could ask lily on a date Oh, and uh, this was like six months ago, and I said, "Well, buddy, you, you're stepping in the right direction here." I mean, I, <laughs> I, I'd never heard of that. I didn't do that as a, as yeah. a 17 year old kid. I, so. I like too the whole the whole uh, dad would call it yuppie, but definitely the urban way of asking is more the call of, "Hey, let's meet at Starbucks," you know. For uh... <laughs> well, Jeff, it's funny you mention that because. Uh, Mia had had said there was a guy she wanted to go out with, and I said, "Well, here's my number. You give it to him, and Don't I want to talk to him first. Guess what? He never rang. Uh, <laughs> the relationship well, dissolved. <laughs> so, so it is a good thing. I mean, that was my idea because I just thought I'll have a conversation. I was thinking on the phone." But that ended whatever his intent was. I would think by now, having heard this conversation, the people in America, a lot of them we're speaking to, would say, boy, when you get ready to start dating their daughters, there is a vetting process second to none. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is smart. Well, I told Mia that. I said, if you the next potential one, you tell him I'll take him hunting. Because, you know, when they think, oh, it's – it's her dad. Guns are involved. We're going to have a conversation. Oh, they're out. That's Unless right. they have, you know, only Unless they're serious. What did Stone say when he talked to some guy? His little daughter was dating. He said, had a little speech, you know, if, <laughs> well, if is... I find out that you've hurt this girl in any way, I will kill you. I mean, no, he said, whatever, <laughs> if you cause her any pain, I will bring that pain tenfold to you <laughs> and you didn't want to scare well, anybody well that was too i said jay that okay there, there's a speech and then there's that there's a and there's an arrest warrant all right we're long on break jeff hang on i'm going to take a quick break and then i want you to tell folks how to uh to reach out if they want to find out more about who your who your organization is let's take a quick break you got it So the world's a dangerous place, as we've made mention, and sometimes when you get these... Uh, Here, start over. That, that was really loud. I don't need to start. Okay. Right. Something buzzed in my ear. Okay. It was my phone. So right now we got a lot of uncertainty in the world. Dad, would you think that would be a... Understatement. Yeah, a fair way of characterizing it. And people are at home, obviously, because of quarantine, and we are at home. And so you want your home to be a safe as possible. And so home security right now is always something that we're looking into. And of course, cameras, there's a lot of different ways now to kind of protect yourself. And we got a great company uh, called Simply Safe uh, that basically will send you the protection to set up on your home. We're talking about cameras, uh, an alarm system for you to be able to protect I mean, your I home. have cameras in my top three of safety measures, you know, guns, dogs, cameras. That's right. Because you got to have a way to take a look, right? Yeah. So uh, the folks that simply safe, you don't have to have these, you know, outrageous contracts and monthly fees. You just order it online, set it up yourself, and under an, under an hour, Dad, you might want to get somebody for you, um, and then your home is protected twenty four seven. You got emergency dispatch, break ins, fire, everything, fifty cents a day. So it's very affordable. If you go to simplysafe.com slash unashamed. All of our listeners are going to get free shipping and 60-day free trials. You get two months for free just to check it out and just to try it. So that's, so this right here is better than my guard dogs with weapons. It, I have weapons, guard yes, dogs. Yes, here's why, because it's a deterrent. It's like when somebody pulls up in your yard, if they see a dog growling, uh, if they see somebody like you with a gun, uh, if they see a camera, they go, uh, Just one more way to keep it safe. 
simplysafe.com slash unashamed. You get free shipping, 60 day free trial. Check it out, simplysafe.com slash unashamed. All right, so Jeff, tell us uh, tell us where folks can uh, contact if they'd like to check more out with uh, All God's Children. So you can go to allgodschildren.org, and right now we have, you know, of course with everything going on, we have an emergency relief fund uh, to, you know, try to get through these next few months. And really we kind of picked out kind of the most important things we're doing, which is we're doing a virtual counseling services for 200 children mm. who are victims of sexual abuse and living in institutions. Uh, we're funding for 24 seven support staff for the girls uh, quarantined at our dream home in Columbia, which I've been to. It's amazing. And then we have in-person wellness checks for 500 sponsored students. And that's in Ethiopia and Guatemala. So those three initiatives is kind of what we're working on right now, kind of in this pandemic. So any help would be super appreciated. And, uh, you know, awesome. thank awesome. you for, for, for letting me tell about it. I'll send you some money. Look, send me a picture. I want to see those locusts, uh, what they look like. I, I know this is okay. a side note, but I'm just, I want to look. The plague of locusts. Well, Man, I want to see like which, Exodus. I want to well, see which uh, version. That Somebody is. sent me a note that watched the podcast, and it mentioned the locust deal there, all those fires, remember, in Australia, yeah. and then the coronavirus. It was all hitting within the same year, and it said, boy, it looks to me like we got something going on here in, in a large sense. Uh, well, it, it could always, be God asking a simple be. question, Jeff. Uh, do you see me now? Right. <laughs> For sure. I don't know. There might be a little panic there. I mean, I know this. Everybody's trying to find out when God, oh, this is the sign that God's coming back. But it says he's coming like a thief. So whenever you think he's coming back, guess what? That's not it. It'll be something else. Right. Good talk, well, Jeff. Yeah, anything else you want to say before we let you go? Uh, Love you guys. Miss y'all. Well, get to see y'all soon. Well, I'm glad you weren't here physically, but next time you're in town, we'll have you on, you know, for a whole podcast. But I, I did; it was good to at least have you on. Now we've had Willie's been on here, and Mom and Sai. So uh, we're glad that our finally our our, our little brother uh, made it on with us. So just know we're proud of you guys. Give Jess and the kids our love, and uh, just Jeff, you're doing a good work. Keep it up, man. Keep you're doing up. a good work. Thanks, Look, Dad. I may come down there and metal detect with you where you found the button. Is that cool? Come on. You're always welcome. Let's do it. Awesome. All right. Love you, bro. Love y'all. All All right. Bye. Well, that was cool. Then what about that? Was that that a good good call? Was that a good surprise? Yeah, I haven't heard from Jeff in a while. Well, Jeff, well, I was going to surprise you guys. He was going to come over this week, but then with all this going on, he just couldn't get away uh, from work and stuff. So he, he wanted to just hang with us a little bit so i said well, look, we'll just call you i said i wouldn't have even known that was possible we hadn't done the jeremy camp thing and i was like that worked out well you know oh yeah and we could hear That's him and good. all that well so. he's doing a good work he's really you know matured and doing well it, awesome, he had know. to kind of find himself you know think about it he's the youngest and i mean we're like this family is there's a lot of big personality as you guys have noticed and so jet was the youngest and the quietest already well, so, you got to remember, uh, he was he had to go through years of a uh, of abuse from his <laughs> older three brothers. I'd <laughs> say older too. I never you and Willie were the oh, Jeff abusers, not me. You know I the was, amount of pain that I inflicted on that boy is shameful. <laughs> I'm and I'm not saying that funny. It was terrible, you know. But that's I'm glad brothers. you wised up, Jason. <laughs> I really bro- did, and I just, just grew brothers. up and said, you know. Well, I and, and in all honesty, I did the yeah. same thing to Jay's and Willie. So it was just a little bit of a, you know, it carried, it was a tradition. I mean, y'all are part to blame because y'all, you know, I don't know where y'all were. <laughs> if someone had told me that I would even be around and my oldest, my oldest son, Al, you're 50 what? Five. You're 55 years old. I can drive 55. Uh, I mean, it's a weird time because I, you know, I thought, you know, yeah. mid fifties, I'm like, whoa. And now you look back when I see video of you, like at 55, and or some of the Duck Commander stuff, you still had a pretty much a black beard, just a little gray in there. You know, it's weird. Know? Is there some of these older ladies of the church? This is very embarrassing to say. They keep coming up to me and saying, Phil, I just love you so much. And they <laughs> They're mistaking that, you yeah, for me. <laughs> that, And I'm like, oh, no problem, you know. Some of these older widow ladies that y'all have helped through the years, yeah. and I'm like, 
I'm lean over to Miss and say they think I'm my dad. <laughs> <laughs> How like, does that make you feel, Joe? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the old the I mean, old beard, your old, your beard. Look at his beard, Al. I know how much gray it's you coming keep in. Bringing the last. this up, I, somehow I think it's this making you so feel. This came so suddenly because I remember. Well, it, well, a, it didn't. It's been years. <laughs> you, you just you're, you're noticing it, and you're like, life is a vapor. Oh. <laughs> it started off a little, and guess what? It just rapidly. So I cut uh, since I cut mine and regrow mine every year. Every year it's grayer than the year before. So mine grew out pretty long this year. And uh, you wouldn't. I can't tell how many people said, "Man, you're looking more like your dad every day," which meant you're getting old. That's why I mean, people that's, shave. I've I've figured it out. That's one of the reasons people shave. Because yeah. see, Al, he can he can entertain the idea of denial by shaving and say, "I don't have gray hair." That's right. Oh, it's there. That's right. It's hiding. It's a hiding. It's a hidden hidden trick. There's no doubt. It's just like uh, hair follicles on top. Um, Let's have a, a quick break, and then we'll dive in. So it's shocking. We've talked about this before, that um, people can steal your home, um, which is bizarre when you think about it. But there is a way that it's been done. I guess, uh, what do you call it, Jay? The the invent ways of doing evil. That's what this is. Verse. uh, Where there's success and where people flourish, which the Internet has changed the world as we know it, there's also the rise of the inventions of evil. Exactly. Yep. And so there have been people that have lost their home because their the title to their home was, uh, as Dad calls it, somewhere out there in computer land. Uh, it was it was online. And someone got it and basically changed, they forged it and then borrowed a bunch of money against the house. And then obviously the person who owned it said, well, I didn't borrow this money. And they were like, you know, you got to get out of your own house. So it's happened. So anyway, we want you to protect yourself. At least check it out. Uh Home title fraud, the FBI says, one of the fastest growing crimes. So if you go to hometitlelock.com, this is the company that's providing a basically a private network to protect it for you. Hometitlelock.com, you enter fill, and you get one free month of protection. You can also register, make sure that you still own your house. So that's hometitlelock.com slash fill. That's not right. Don't Cut that last one because there's no slash. HomeTitleLot.com and enter Phil for one month. So we had um, a good visit with old Jepico, uh, which is always good. Jep is, is is really, like I said, he's hit his own little stride. Spiritually, everything. And he's a great daddy and Jessica, so we love him. He has great children. He does. <clears throat> and, you know, I miss him not living here because – it was really cool, and because he lived next door, well, two houses down from Jay's, and mm-hmm. on our same street, and I, and I well, miss they, that. They you know? still have their house; they just rent it out, right? You know, and which, you know, it was kind of cool to have all of us right there together. Just anytime you want to go see, yeah, he's himself. the only one that's left town. Yeah, he was the the duckling that left the duck pond, yep. as they say. But you know, he left to do his food business, and uh, and did great, and made made a pretty good amount of money doing it. But he realized in the food business. That you're talking about a workhouse. Oh, yeah. You know, it's just you can't hardly do that long term if you're doing all the cooking, running the business, and all that. So, after about two years of that, he thought, you know, I probably need to be looking ahead. So, now he's in with a great group and check those guys out because what they do is great work. So, so Al, what can we learn from John <coughs> chapter four? Well, we led up last time to uh, you brought us right up to kind of the, the moment. Before we get back to that, I want to back up just a little bit from where we were before. And and reset the the setting here. So it's in the middle of the day when and by the way, in this culture, the women would go get the water, you know, from the well, you know, for a lot of different reasons, for family, for you know, livestock, everything else. And so in their culture in this period of time, especially, it was kind of a social gathering. You know, in America, you know, it used to be they'd gather to wash clothes or whatever. You know, women getting together, kind of catching up, I guess doing a little gossip probably. And it's interesting because Jesus is traveling, as we said. The Bible says in John 4, he, he's hot and he's tired. And so he sees this well. Oh, which, it's Jacob's well, which, by the way. It's kind I, of a famous well. Oh, yeah. Well, they have the modern-day Jacob's well. Oh, did well you see now. it? Yeah, it's in a monastery. I have it. We didn't visit it, but I'm, I mean, I've seen pictures. But I always like it when you have history because this, you know, the Bible's a book of history. It's not like I think people that are not 
in Jesus, they tend to think it's it's some kind of collection of fairy tales. And but no, you 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 can ride over there and say, "There's the well." Yeah. <laughs> so it. I mean, it it just gives it more credibility when you add up all these things. They try to find things that that doesn't make sense, which are few, and they're just confused. But the overwhelming majority of these places are there to see, and it gives you the you know so, the picture of what's going on. And I never think that things in the Bible are accidental. I'm one of those kind of people when I study the Bible or I, I'm presenting something, I look for the little things that a lot of people don't notice. And I found it interesting in this that this would be Jacob's wedding. Now, Jacob is one of the patriarchs of the Bible. You know, they you dug. Got, he dug about three before he got the right. right one. The, the one that they, they kept weeding him out. Exactly. So it was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And what was interesting about Jacob, out of all the patriarchs, and these guys are in the lineage of Jesus. I mean, these guys are the guys that started the Old Testament, the whole deal. Is that Jacob was what I would call the most troubled of the early patriarchs. He wound up with four wives, and there's a long story how he got there. He had 12 kids by four different women all trying to live together. Now, you talk about a blended family. Whew. That family was a mess. And so his whole life was just you know chaos. And I thought it was interesting that it just so happened to be his well that Jesus visits this troubled woman. At. I mean, there are things that interest me when I read the Bible. There's a lot of history that goes in with that. So this woman, Jesus wants some water. He goes over to this well. There's a woman there by herself in the middle of the day, which is unusual. She should have been there with the group that came out probably early in the morning while I was still cool. This is the desert where we're talking about these people are. So the question is, why was she coming out there by herself? Why would she not be with her little group that she would normally do? So you're already well, getting a little bit of idea I mean, as this yeah. woman had some problems, right? Yeah, she's a she's a floozy. She's a floozy. I mean, that's... Yeah. What what the interpretation. So and, Jesus shows up and now so he does the unthinkable for her, from her perspective. She she looks at him and instantly knows he's a Jewish man. They you know, and and she, he asked her, he said, How about a drink of water? You know, you give me a drink. Which violates everything that he would say as a Jewish man and as a rabbi is verse, verse nine says that. <laughs> right. She's like Jews. Well, she said, how can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. I mean. So here, here's, the, here's the interesting thing. Then I want you to get your take on this first thought before we get to the sort of the main piece. So Jesus says to her, hang on, let's take a break and then we'll do that. So uh, as we often talk about on this podcast, uh, you know, physical breakdowns are becoming a regular part of our life, unfortunately. Um, as dad says, we're kind of catching up with you. So, uh, one of the issues is inflammation. Um, you know, there's all kinds of aches, pains, you know, your body just after a while, you know, you, you know, you do something, you strain something it inflames just your body trying to protect itself. I didn't, ha I didn't, I don't have any of those except if I've noticed Mayhaws come out, little fruit that grows on trees. We make jelly out of it. It grows in the woods wild. When the Mayhaws start falling this year, they fell in mid April, and they'll be gone by May, right. which is amazing because it's a May haul. Right. But these May hauls, picking them up, you're on your hands and knees crawling around picking them up. You, you had you, some aches and pains, right? Aches and pains the next day. Your legs, you're like, whoa. Well, I may have a product for you, Dad, and I am excited about trying it. Um, it's called Omega XL, and I had a fascinating conversation uh, with the McQuillans, and, and the wife is a doctor. And the husband is the one that runs their business. And so they've been doing this 30 years of research. And what's fascinating is this is basically for anti-inflammatory. And they told me that they, they – here's how they discovered it. I said, well, where does it come from? And they said it comes from muscles. You know, like you got river muscles? Yeah. Muscles. They did the research on these muscles, and they only grow them in one place in New Zealand in about – 90 foot of water. They have a muscle farm. Yep. That's where they come from. And so, which made sense to me when I thought about it. You know, you think about a muscle, all it's doing is just staying a muscle. You can go along this riverbank and see the 
the piles of mussel shells right. at various locations is where the Indian tribes back in 1400, mm-hmm. 1300, they all camped along this river, but right. they ate freshwater mussels. Which, and we're probably in pretty good health. So that's the concept behind this Omega XL, basically 30 years of research. It's a natural supplement. Um, these guys are amazing, and I learned a lot about you it. you swallow yeah, yeah, they're pills. Yeah, I tried to eat one of those muscles. Boy, they're rough. Yeah, I'd rather. Pretty I think rough. I'd rather take the pills <laughs> than the muscles. <laughs> I just had to try it. You so know. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna start on them. I'm gonna try it. So they told me in a couple of weeks you feel a lot better, but about two months you feel fantastic. So I'm gonna let you guys know. Um, so we're gonna try to stay healthy. I'm gonna be the guinea pig for us. Omega XL. And so here's what you do. You mean none of this? This is all natural. Natural. Oh, yeah. Well, they're they from help muscles. The, help the golf swing, you know. It could help a lot, and I could use a lot of help. OmegaXL.com slash Phil. Omega.com slash Phil to check them out and to see. This may be just what you need, Dad. Yeah. So Jesus says to her, if you knew the gift of God, this is verse 10, and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. What a statement. <laughs> I mean, I just find that fascinating that that was his answer back to her when she says, why are you even, you shouldn't even be talking to me. And that's his answer. Because yeah. really, we view it as we're looking for Jesus in search of the Lord's way, where can I find it? Or people share their testimony. They're like, you know, I found Jesus in the strangest places, and they tell their story. And But really the whole time, he was looking for you. you know, he, he finds you, but we it's, it's all it's about It's kind of one of those moments where Jesus is saying, uh, boy, if you only knew who you were talking to, girl. That's right. It's but, kind of why John the Baptist in the previous chapter said he must become greater and I must become less because it is your perspective. You know, even the story in Luke 15 where you have the self-indulgent prodigal son who gets going all— back, we, Going back to your Colossians text, Jace, yeah. I mean, he, he's the God of the universe— and he's sitting down in the middle of the middle of nowhere next to a water well and he's he's thinking, Boy, she she doesn't realize that you know well, I, right. I'm the one well, that makes dirt, water and universes. Yeah. <laughs> but my point is in that story in Luke fifteen, you had the self righteous brother who still it doesn't matter. And the parable's really for him. Yeah, he didn't have a, yeah, that's who it's really about. That's right. Is he missed it because it's still about him and his own righteousness. And it was and, a TBD. He didn't get his stuff worked out. So Jay's I thought it was interesting because this was a great example of something dad used to teach us when we were kids about how Jesus operated. You dad, you called it directional dialogue. In other yeah. words, he would take a situation like this. I mean, she it's about water, but then all of a sudden he's talking about living water. And, you know, he 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 threw her a curve and he did it to that's, get her somewhere. Look, that's the way I the reason I always bring up these products, I know y'all think it's funny. Because every time when I go to the grocery store, number one, I'm trying to buy groceries. Number two, I'm looking at labels where they use spiritual principles to try to sell <laughs> their crap. Look, I'll give you two more that I just found. This new craze now, people are like, we're not going to eat meat. So there's two new products out here. I know I'm chasing a rabbit, but this is insane what they name these things. The two hottest non-meat, listen to their names. You have Beyond Meat. Y'all heard of that? Uh, no. It's, it's Beyond. <laughs> and then, look, then you have Impossible Foods. They named it Impossible. <laughs> <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. So is it like a meat like, substitute or something? Oh, yeah. It's like soybean burgers or whatever. Ooh. And so they're, oh, it's a crazy. Well, your brother's all of, caught up in this. Oh, oh, His I whole family. They're trying it. They're like, oh, that makes me feel better. You know, I'm like, okay. It's more for me. I love people who get off into this because I'm like, <laughs> that's. The, uh, the amount of frogs, you know, once you get off meat, I'm thinking, well, that's, that's more, more for the rest of me because I don't trust want me you. when I tell you if you, you know, the farmer's getting about seven bucks uh, uh, a bushel 
Yeah. Like, this is a cheap form of so-called meat, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, I know. But, but my point is, but they're trying to sell it by saying, this is just impossible. <laughs> And it, it's a, it, yeah, it's and beyond. In one of the, in one of well, the, you, you took some. It's you, soybeans, and you're calling it meat. Yeah. Isn't that what? Well, the, no, you're calling it impossible. So we it, pulled off the impossible here. Don't we the made a soybean <laughs> taste like a deer backstrap. Yeah. Well, guess what? No, that is impossible. You had it right. I the know first this time. is a shocker, but these soybeans, the way we put them together, it's <laughs> like eating a fine ribeye. Impossible. We, we pulled off the impossible. Don't they have one of the? Isn't it the impossible Big Mac or the impossible Whopper? One of the. Food things has that in there. This, that's what theirs was called for yeah, one of their standard hamburgers. But you, I, th- you talk about what's going on here, though. When Jesus said, "Oh, if you'd have known who it is that asked you for a drink, he'd have given you living water." Right. So now we're getting. You're like, whoa. So what was her reply to that? She says, "Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep." So, Jay, she had to put your rabbit hands up because it went right over her head. You know, he, he, she still thinks he's talking about the water in the well. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? Which is funny that she would say that. Who gave us the well and drank from it himself and did also his sons and his flocks and his herds. And so and he goes back to the directional dialogue. Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. That's my point yeah. I brought up about the impossible because you can take these these conversations even in a grocery store and and you could get into the real, you know, I mean cuz I love toilet paper. I mean that's the hottest thing going. It's the greatest directional dialogue cuz it's like you see that role of eternal <laughs> charmin or whatever it's called, you know, I'm like <laughs> it'll last you a month. Ha ha ha. There is a way to live forever, you know. I mean True eternity is found in Jesus. And I, I just think it's, I mean, what's the difference in having a conversation? It's what he's doing. It seems kind of silly when I say it, but we don't view this as silly because it's in the Bible. But it was a silly conversation. He starts talking about never thirsting. And again, if you drink this, well, I have like some special water. Exactly. Well, most people, you, you're not. You're not seeing the absurdity of it because you've heard this story. But what he was doing was actually kind of absurd. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. she's like, what? So Are look, you crazy? But, and look at the next step. Look what happens next. I mean, in fact, she might be saying, I think you've been drinking a little more than water. <laughs> so here's what here's what she comes back with after he gives her that last bite. And then I want you to watch what Jesus does. You talk about you talk about the go for the juggler. Sir, give me this water. So that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. In other words, you I think she was I'm, being. I'm all in. You think she's being sarcastic? I really no, I don't think so. I she, she, she's like, yeah, I'll have it. How you would you? But she's that? a troubled woman in the middle of nowhere in the heat of the she's day. She's gullible. I'll give you that. So, Naive, maybe. So here's what he says. So here's his big answer. Now this is what she's basically saying. Prove it. Yeah, and so here's well, here's right. what he comes I, back with. There's got to be a hint of sarcasm. Here's what he comes back with. He told her. Go call your husband and come back. You talk about left field. <laughs> Where'd that come he from? He just he just got in her kitchen is what happened with that one statement. Yeah. Because the one thing she's ashamed about, Jesus went there and then she says, I have no husband. And then he says, Yeah, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five husbands and the man you're now with is not your husband. So yeah, what you said is quite true. Just a little bit. Oh, by the way, I'll just give you a whole history here in about two seconds. So now it's gone from absurd to weird. Because now (laughs) she's thinking, this guy's a stalker. (laughs) Well, that's what I would think. Yeah, well, she's thinking, I just ran up on him. I didn't even know that. This dude is telling me my life story. How would he know that? Yeah. She's thinking, I'll tell you. Whoa, whoa. I was thinking stalker. She, well, what else would you think? It, well, I think well, she's, she's think, beginning to think there's more to him she's than she thinking, thought. Well, she's, then she got to profit because, like, yeah, that's, well, that evidently, I guess her past had been impossible to stalk. So you know, because now you're figuring it all out on the fly. It's like, okay, this is some kind. Now it's making sense. Maybe that's why he has the boldness to eat. I mean, uh, to drink, you know, with me in broad daylight. And he's not up from the planet. 
or he has some kind of special powers. She's not sure what's going on. And what's interesting is I, I love her response. And to me, this really shows you how people think. So Jesus has just given her a little brief history of her life, and it's not good. So instead of her coming back and saying, well, you're right, I'm a mess, whatever, she, she's going to go theological to Jesus. That's her yeah. pivot. Watch. Sir, I can see you're a prophet. Now, now all of a sudden, we just went religious. Yeah. Well, because she couldn't think of how he would know that. That's right. There was but no she, other way. But she also didn't want to have any more conversation about the whole living with the guy. Well, of course. And the five how un And that's not unlike any other exactly. even religious person I know. That's I, my I've point. I've run up on it many a time. Oh, yeah. Thousands. <laughs> you, you know, a Bible study breaks out while your life I is a train wreck. <laughs> yeah. I've had people argue with me, just start arguing, you know, like as I'm sharing Jesus with them. And they were like hammered drunk the night before. Right. But now it's like that doesn't mean anything. We're talking theology now. And they're like, We can all argue about that. You're wrong. I've told you this many times when I was in the prison system sharing Jesus, they all wanted to argue about religion, didn't want to talk about their life. You bring up their life, look, crickets. You bring up religion, they'll argue and rant and rave. And so finally I came up with a system of I don't want to hear anything you got to say on theology because it didn't work. <laughs> You're behind <laughs> bars. <laughs> so so your once you get that figured out. is now not relevant until you get out of here, and yep. then we'll proceed. <laughs> so anyway, she, so here's what she says. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. I'm in Samaria. And she was right. It goes back. It's a long story, but she was right. But you Jews. That was Mount Jerusalem, by the way. That's right. But you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. So all of a sudden, we go from talking about the water to the husbands to the shacking up to we're talking about worship. Where do we go to worship? She pivoted yeah. right out well, and got into and this. She, she erased. I mean, Jesus tried to erase that line that sets people apart and now she's putting it right back that's right you know what i mean she wants she's that putting division him maybe. in a compartment and like well we what, shouldn't what even be talking yeah what you're talking i about don't need to listen to you because you're on one side i'm on the other that's here. Right. Yeah. in other words i think she's saying what's the point i mean you're a jew well, i'm a samaritan well the reason this I, isn't going to end well the reason know. i brought up the geography too because i think there's an underlying point here where you can go look at jacob's well you know but the whole point people miss because they'll take those sites over because i was at israel well, they turn them into shrines, which is the exact opposite of what his point was. That's right. Is that it's not, you don't deem the place. You remember when he told, because uh, we talked about in John 3, the kingdom, that Luke 17, 20 and 21, he said, the kingdom of God will not come visibly. People will not say, and I'm quoting the verse, it says, people will not say, here it is or there it is, because the kingdom of God is within you. Well, we know from John 3 what he had just told Nicodemus, that he was talking about the Holy Spirit. Correct. But here we are 2,000 years later, and we point at church buildings and say, there's the kingdom of God right there. That's where you go worship. Or we look at Israel and say, well, there's the holy site right there. Well, so when we go in, you know, people like, they start whispering. You know? And you say, well, why are they whispering? It's a holy not, place. Well, it's a holy place. They do the same thing in church buildings. They're like, you can't. You can't drink a, a you can't take a cup a, of coffee in there. You can't take a bottle of water. So somebody singing on the worst in some churches. I've seen them. They're like, "Oh, this is a holy place." I'm like, "Well, if it's that holy, we all need to get the heck out of here." <laughs> Cuz we just made it. Cuz we're we're sinful. All right, let's take uh, one last break and then we'll we'll wrap this up. So, yeah, so the next line is the one dad read last time. Is which set us up here is that he's about to reveal. Here's what I think is amazing, Jace. You brought this up last time. He's about to explain to this woman with nobody else around, Samaritan woman with a bad past, that he is here to change everything they've ever known. That's right. Her people, his people, about worship, about how it works, about that it's not a place, that it's all. It was always about the temple. The temple, That's the right. temple, the temple. The Samaritans had theirs, the yep. Jews had theirs, the yep. temple. Go to a place, the temple. Make it look fancy, you know. That's Make right. it look And yeah. who can enter it? 
Yeah, and who he, can enter? He, 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 that was a big point here. Yep. That's why, I mean, he didn't choose this Samaritan woman on accident. That's right. You know, he took what one he was of the troubled past yeah. from a different region where prejudice and racism was running rampant. Oh, they what hated it. What he was trying it. to get her to see, and most people have missed this, by the way, but if you, when he, that next little text you're fixing to read, Al, uh, what he's saying basically is you're going to be the temple. That's, right. That's what he was saying. And and I'll just read it. Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain in Samaria nor in Jerusalem, which that was a big statement. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. So he did. He wanted to get that lick in there that, look, it was set up for a reason. You know, all those years ago, you should have been going to Jerusalem. But anyway... Mm-hmm. Yet a time is coming. In other words, who cares about that now? A time is coming and has now come, because he's there, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. There's your Romans 12. Exactly. And it's, and it's incredible to me that, and Jace is right, it wasn't by accident that he chose this woman to say this out loud, because up to now he's only hinted at it a little bit with, with Nicodemus and with these people at the temple, remember he said it'll be destroyed. But he tells it to this Samaritan woman. And so that shows you that Jesus is no, uh, no every person in his mind matters just the same. It doesn't matter whether it's Samaritan woman, Pharisee well, of the ruling council, I think, everybody's there for him. I think there's an underlying point here, too, which y'all may disagree, but this is a little deep. But he, he picked a woman also that had these six relationships, you know, five failed marriages, one live-in. And the principle I think he's sharing with her is that Ephesians 5, you know, when it talks about husbands and wives— and everyone goes there, and everyone has a different opinion what that means. I've heard it, so many sermons on that. But you know what sermon I haven't heard at Ephesians 5, which was, I think, his point when he got down to the end. He said, this is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. He His whole point was we're all married to Jesus. And so he was actually, in a way, presenting himself as the seventh husband, hmm. and not in a physical way. Because, in fact, you see how she responded. She then became a voice, you know, for Jesus. Yeah, which That's why, while you're there, that last little statement the woman said after Jesus told her, God is spirit and his worshipers worship him in spirit and truth. I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes... He'll explain everything to so us. So she knew she knew about the Messiah. Yeah, yeah. He's coming. So so whoever you are, I'm gonna tell you, give you some information oh, about I the love coming. That. I'm <laughs> glad you brought that up because I love yeah, this conversation. And, there, and Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. I'm the one. <laughs> I like the way he said it. And I it's mean, such it's a amazing. drop the mic. Hey, you know, that, oh. That's your bumper sticker, Jay. Am yeah. he. <laughs> I who speak to you am he. It's just the way he put that, which yeah, is awesome. Really. I just like that slogan, am So he finally identifies himself, and she's like, whoa. So uh, we're out of time for today, but next time when we come back, we're going to pick that up because I want to finish out the story to show you what happens. And also what happens when the disciples, because disciples hadn't been watching all this, and they're going to show back up, and I want to show you how they missed it. I mean, we'll go in different directions, but I will say this. If you learn you know anything from this chapter don't share your testimony share god's that's right it's what he's done is the key you know that's and it. changing us so good stuff we'll see you next time the place is wherever you're standing so we're so glad you guys were with us today you can subscribe on itunes or spotify or youtube or facebook and be sure and rate us on itunes so that other people can know about the podcast